Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 51-year-old from Cornwall, Ontario, drafted sixth overall in 88 to the Toronto Maple Leafs, a two-time Turner Cup champion in the IHL with the Chicago Wolves. He played 292 games for Toronto, Maple Leafs, Quebec Nordiques, Edmonton Oilers, Buffalo Sabres, and the New York Islanders, and is probably most proud of being a North American roller hockey champion head coach, but might not be as proud about having the worst internet in North America. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Scott Pearson. Thank you, Wally. Yes, we've had some internet troubles, but... Uh... You're absolutely right. The, the highlight of my uh, sporting career was coaching you in, the, in that roller hockey uh, tournament, whatever, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, whatever it was. Absolutely. It's good to see you. Hey, great to see you. And thanks uh, for coming on and making the time. I think I reached out to you on, uh, was it LinkedIn originally? Yes, it yeah. was. And, That's right. Um, yeah. but we, so my first segment is how we know each other. And that is you coached me in the weirdest roller hockey team I've ever been a part of um, myself and my college roommate of four years at Western Michigan, which we hadn't gone there yet, but we'd played junior together. And we were, we were really good at roller hockey together, but we were hired guns for a team out of Atlanta. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I had just moved here to Atlanta and uh, my good friend, John Bartis was uh, owned the cooler. It's called the Alfred family skate center and his two boys we're playing roller hockey at the time. And I had just got uh, gotten here to Atlanta and he goes, do you want to, uh, to coach my son's roller hockey team? I said, John, I said, I don't really, you know, know much about roller hockey. I just started uh, working with him in his healthcare company. And he said, can you do some hockey stuff uh, at the rink? And then also, as I mentioned, the roller hockey, and I'm like, ah, what the hell, let's give it a try. And we had a hell of a lot of fun. And then as you mentioned, the one experience I had, one of the first, weekends we played was uh we like you said we we asked you guys to, to come and play and i could see where john was a real competitive guy and he wanted to win so having you two canadian guys come into our team really helped us and we ended up winning the championship that that year as, as you mentioned which is a lot of fun well i just uh i just couldn't believe it because i had only played roller hockey for fun where like my parents kind of had to pay right you might get some sponsors yeah. but um <laughs> then that summer get an email out of nowhere from John Bartis to myself, yeah. Daryl, my buddy. And it was basically, will you come play roller hockey for our team? And they, he paid for our flights to Fort Myers to stay at the Lonnie Kai. Do you remember that place? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, remember the Lonnie Kai? John and I had some laughs there, and uh, it was fun with the boys, absolutely. Right on the beach. Oh, yeah. So, like, this is to play roller hockey. uh, And they fly us down to Fort Myers. We stay on the beach. We get to know these other seven, eight guys, and we we were a new roller hockey team with these guys from Atlanta and we had a hoot hanging out on the beach and staying at the Lonnie Kai. And uh, that was a qualifier. They still paid for us to go all the way to Minnesota to play at the wilds arena for the finals of NART, which we did not win. I remember that, but then we won that tournament in Michigan and this was all paid for. It was wild. Yeah, and you were, well, you had to be, what, 18 or so at the time, I guess, right around that age, right? Yeah, yeah. 17, 18, yeah. So, I, like I said, I, I could see where John was a competitive guy. And he was like, let's get some kids who can really help us. And obviously, you guys did. And we had, as you mentioned, it was uh, great memories and uh, great, great times for sure. And uh, going back, that's really going back in time for me, which I haven't probably coached roller hockey since those two or three years that I did when I first got here. Well, no, it was fun playing for you. It was nice to have a Canadian coach on that team that uh, kind of understood us. And because, um, you know, when you're that age, everybody's kind of different from where they grew up and, uh, you know, how they're raised and all that. <laughs> no, you guys fit right in. You guys yeah, no, right and in. it was Absolutely. fun on that beach, man. It was it was a great time. And, and when we yeah. won that championship, that was that was a pretty big deal, especially like for my Daryl and myself, like we wanted to do our part. Like you're going to pay for us to go to Florida. You're going to pay for us to go to Minnesota. Like we better do our part. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what, a, what a time. Cut your pay. would have to cut your pay if you didn't lead the team in scoring. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, but that was a fun time. So the next question is, or no, the other part of how I know you, sorry, is yeah. my favorite game of uh, video games uh, growing up is NHL 94. Um, me and a buddy played a best of seven of best of sevens every year. We put nice. a case of beer in between us, and that's what we do for a day. And um, you were on the Quebec Nordique, so that's where I actually really got to know you. And uh, okay. and afterwards, I could still play as you when you were my, after you were my roller <laughs> hockey coach, so that was cool. <laughs> that's too funny. I love that. Okay. That's a good story. So where and what are you doing now? Yeah, so uh, so I've, I've been in Atlanta uh, since uh, 2001 after I retired, and um, my uh, my wife and I we go back and forth. Uh, we have four kids between us. Uh, I, my job is here in Atlanta, but we go back and forth to Ottawa, uh, Canada, and then here in in, in Atlanta because uh, my two stepsons live uh, live in Ottawa. So and and then my two kids are here. Uh, in Atlanta while well, kind of jobs and school and stuff like that but uh so yeah that's sort of uh our kind of life right now but everything everything's going great and uh, life is great that's awesome um do you still see Mr. Bardis anymore the the roller hockey guy yeah no absolutely John's one of my best friends here uh in Atlanta and you know in life basically just really uh, what a great man and Gave me a lot of opportunity here coming to Atlanta, and I'm very grateful to have uh, to him. But yeah, we're we're best buddies. We uh, ride bikes and uh, work out, and uh, you know, hang out uh, with our wives and families and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. I see John quite often, not as much as I did when I worked with him, because we've kind of separated uh, our work uh, work worlds uh, because uh, our company got sold, and then 
uh, I moved, I stayed with part of the company I was with and then John moved on from there. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I really liked that guy. And for what he did, he made a great summer for Daryl and I, like he really did, um, paid no trips all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> though the thing I remember though, was like a, a year or two later when the UFC starts getting bigger, there's a UFC fighter walking into the ring and like, there's John Bartis right with him. And I was like, I know that guy. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, obviously his uh, background is a uh, wrestling and he went to college and almost made the Olympic team one year. And, uh, when the UFC started, he had a, a lot of hand in, uh, in different fighters and Randy Couture being one of them. I'm sure that's the, the guy you're talking about where he's, he was actually in the corner with, with a few guys over the years, but, uh, him being the biggest name and uh yeah i went to some fights with him and really uh, great great memories and a lot a lot of fun a lot of fun well tell him i say hi when you see him absolutely i'll probably, probably see him this weekend i'll do that wally for sure and uh, the other thing is as i did notice on uh when my research team was hard at work today is your son is playing hockey eh yes yeah yeah chase uh chase was drafted by the red wings uh in 15 and uh had a career at uh, at Maine, and then has been the last two years uh, with uh, their farm team in the American League in in, uh, in Grand Rapids. And uh, yeah, things are going great. And then my my stepson, uh, both my stepsons also played. Uh, Luca played for Canada in uh, CCHL, and uh, was a leading scorer for a few years, and had a great career there. And he just retired, and then. My other stepson, uh, Nico, was uh, drafted by uh, Cornwall and Smith Falls uh, years ago as well. So a lot of hockey in our family. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, yeah. Yes. No, but it's pretty cool. I actually saw the one kid's stats there. He was like almost a point a game in the AHL this year. So he's knocking on the door, eh? Yeah, exciting time for him. We'll see, and hopefully he can get an opportunity with Detroit. And He's working hard, and uh, there's a big year coming up for him, but uh, he's uh, really passionate about it, and uh, we're really proud of him for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. Like, I'm just seeing my little guy get into hockey at, like, the – he. I guess he's going to be having his first tryouts this year, and it's just cool to think of, like, what you're watching your kid do, right? So, anyways. That's the best. That's an exciting time, Wally, and, you know, I love watching every, it, taking every moment. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be over before you know it, and – I'm sure you'll coach him and everything. Just uh, great memories for sure. He'll love it. Um, and I guess the other thing I should mention is I guess this is Cornwall week because the other guy I had on this week was also from Cornwall. Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the name. I think uh, he probably would have played for the Colts, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. CCHL. Yeah. I remember the name. I think he was a very good player back in, uh, back in the day. Yeah, he went Absolutely. to Ferris State, and I played against him. And then in the UK, okay. I played against him. But um, just interesting that I randomly booked two guys, and they both happened yeah. to be from Cornwall. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's that's small hockey world. We get two guys from Cornwall. That's that's unusual for sure. So then I guess that gets us into uh, give me a rundown of your minor hockey to the Kingston Canadians. Yeah, so so as as we're we're talking about, grew up in Cornwall and played my minor hockey for back then it was called the Royals, which uh, they used to have an OHL team there as well during my in my minor hockey days. So we used to go watch them play, and it was a real thrill to play in their minor hockey system. And I played right up until first year midget. I uh, played major midget that year, and then was uh, drafted by the Hawkesbury Hawks in the CCHL as a fourteen year old actually. And, Went to their camp, but I was, you know, too young to, to play in that league. So 
ended up uh, the next year, uh, that would have been my banner year after my banner year, after my first year of midget, I went on to be drafted by the Kingston Canadians as a 15 year old and ended up uh, in the second round. And I, I ended up making the team and played as, as an underage. And um, uh, Brian Fogarty was also picked uh, and he was an underage with me the, that year. And, but uh, yeah, it was a great, uh, great experience uh, playing junior hockey at three years in Kingston. Yeah, so um, that is one guy I would like to bring up because I, I did read an article there today that you'd sent me about uh, Brian oh, yeah. Fogarty is um, mm-hmm. the 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 person he is and the points he put up and how much your your paths crossed. Why don't can you yeah. just, why why don't you just speak about about him for a bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, he's from uh, from Brantford. Would that be close to where you're at? Well, well yeah, and that's actually yeah. where uh, Daryl Moore is from, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, with the guy that's we're fun. talking about for roller hockey folks. That yes, he's gonna have to come on the pod at some point. He was my he was on my team for like six years. We played all this roller hockey together. Like, yeah, the guy's gonna have to come on at some point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I do remember him being from Brantford. That's great. Yeah, so no, Brian and I were drafted the same year. He was. Uh, very highly regarded uh, defenseman, uh, point producer, and could skate like the wind, and just a, an amazing uh, talent. Uh, we played three years in Kingston, and then both got uh, well. He was traded that uh, the '88 summer to uh, to Niagara Falls, and then I followed. Uh, I went to Toronto's camp that year, and then I got sent back to junior, and I was traded to Niagara Falls, and we played together, and we had a heck of a run. I mean, he. We went to the more uh, the uh, league finals, lost to Peterborough, uh, who ended up going to the Mora Cup. But yeah, Brian, uh, had, I think he had 155 points that year as a defenseman, broke Dennis Potvin's records, and those records still stand today. He was uh, in junior, obviously beyond uh, one of the best ever. And I think I don't think anybody's touched his points uh, since, and probably never will. I mean, never think about will. it. Ever, yeah, never, like ever. 47 will. now, 47 some odd goals and. Uh, you know, 100 plus assists and had a heck of a career. And then, you know, obviously went on to pro and unfortunately didn't, uh, that didn't pan out for him. Had some kind of off ice troubles and things like that. But great guy, loved him. Uh, and unfortunately, he passed away. He's got it, I think it's going to be 20 years after reading that article. A gentleman, like you talked about, uh, put together a, a real nice long article about his life. And I was, uh, happy to be a part of it and, and help him uh, write that article, but uh, it's, it's a good read for sure. No, that uh, I didn't really know the name, but I, mm-hmm. okay. I kind of did um, just, yeah. Like I, I, I can't believe the numbers he put up in junior and they, yeah, when I'm in the article, he's breaking Bobby Orr's records and Al McKinnis yeah. and, um, 155 points as a D man. And, um, yeah, yeah like the, the article is very interesting. Um, yeah, I should put it out there for people to read. It, it was, it was an interesting read and, uh, but you guys yeah. did cross paths a lot, which we'll get into your career now, which, um, sure. what year were you drafted sixth overall to the Maple Leafs? Yeah. So that was in 88 Wally, uh, I played uh, two years, no, three years of junior because I was an underage. So I played three so years of junior. your third year? Yeah, after my third year. We didn't have a great team, but uh, I ended up, I think I was captain of the team that year. And so that uh, sort of helped me kind of show leadership and, and whatnot. But um, 
yeah, so I got drafted sixth overall to uh, to Toronto that summer of 88. Uh, Montreal Forum was where the the draft was and went there with my family and friends and mom and, and dad. You, you was, knew uh, you were going high. Yeah, so you would go back then, I, as it is today, you go and do interviews with teams and go and visit different different teams that want to meet you and, and have conversations with you. So I, I did that uh, that summer of 88. And um, yeah, it was it was I was slotted like to be somewhere in the top 10 and ended up uh, being an, uh, you know, what an honor to be drafted by Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, looking back now, I didn't really understand at the time how the magnitude of, you know, being drafted six overall by the Toronto Maple Leafs is, is you know, the mecca of hockey and and like uh, kind of your hometown team, right? Yeah. Ironically enough, though, I, I, I was a Philadelphia Flyers fan growing up, uh, Bobby Clark fan and just the grittiness and the toughness of, of, the, of the Flyers back then. But uh, obviously beyond an honor to be drafted uh, first round by the, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, obviously it's a fun, fun, very fond memory for me that I'll, I'll hold fond or hold close to me myself forever, for sure. Yeah, no, that's uh, really cool. And uh, by the way, cheers! By far, by far and away, the highest drafted player to ever be on the pod. <laughs> oh, well, I'm very honored. About yeah, that. yeah, right on. yeah. Well, no, nobody's even close. And you got okay. we we were just trying to get to like a thousand NHL games earlier. Now we're well okay. past it. So we're like at nice. We got to be at like two grand by now, I'd say. Okay, well, good for you. How many how many episodes have you done of this so far? Um, we're in the fifties now. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. And do no. it out of your shed in your backyard, you said. I love it. Exactly. Just having <laughs> beers uh, for um, nice. and I I I drink because the Bayfield Brewing Company supplies me with the best beers around, um, which I just opened a hazy sunset. But we were talking about Brian Fogarty. <laughs> I didn't think I'd I'd mention it then, but that's a New England IPA. Um yeah. and uh he'd be having a beer with us right now if he was here yeah, for sure. Yeah, I tell you, yeah, he <laughs> sounded like a dandy that I, you know, I would yeah. have a beer with. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, may rest in He's peace. A, but, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But what a great guy. And uh, yeah, he had his struggles though. But anyways, we can all learn from it. Yeah, but yeah, no, this is just me <laughs> having a couple beers with my friends in, in, in my backyard and my shed. And uh, yeah, COVID made me think of the idea. And I tell you, I'm having, I just, I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah great concept Love yeah it. Good for um, you. i just missed my buddies around the world and you know like look, look at our relationship to think like i know you people are probably wondering how the hell does he know him yeah. and well i played yeah. roller hockey for atlanta folks <laughs> yeah no it's crazy and it just goes to show you the the brotherhood of, of hockey and uh you know no matter how long ago, or even if i didn't know you and you asked me to come on i probably would have done it you know what i mean just uh that's kind of what we do as hockey players and help each other out. So absolutely uh, do whatever, whatever, whatever I can for you and yeah. any other hockey guy for that matter. No, well, thank you. And you know, we, we want a championship together, you know, but anyways, one thing I wanted to mention is the year you are drafted sixth overall, like that's a hell of a roster. That was that year. You had Medano, Ronick, Solani, Rod, the bod, Rob Blake, like there, Mark yeah. Recchi, there were a ton of players your age, eh? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was I mean, looking back, probably, uh, I, I know, I'm sure you can get stats somewhere from the hockey news or whatever, of, you know, the, the best drafts ever, but definitely 88 had some, some Hall of Fame 
great players and uh, you know it was an honor to be in the mix with all those guys you know guys that were picked after me were Ronick and uh, Blake and Solani as you mentioned and you know that's uh, that's a heck of a group there boy an all-star team big time for sure um, yeah. one thing I did actually want to ask since you said you were on the ice earlier tonight is how how are you still involved in the game how are you still involved yeah that's why I got this nick in my eye two nights ago actually a young kid high stick me my wife says what the heck are you doing Jerry you know still playing out there with the young guys so I was just, I said, I'm trying to keep in shape and trying to, trying to still show them I got it, I guess, right? Oh, so but, you're, uh, you're still playing. <laughs> you're still giving her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're out there uh, tonight with well, my son and a uh, bunch of young guys, uh, kids who are aspiring to get to the next levels, Wally, like uh, junior hockey and prep school kids and college kids and some minor pro kids. Uh, and are you running off. the practice? Well, it's not a practice. We scrimmage. We scrimmage. Yeah. Jeez, man, yeah. I don't. I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it anymore. I really well, couldn't. I'm a I, podcaster now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. You got better things to do. No, we've been doing this for, uh, gosh, it'll be 20 years uh, in September that we started this little kind of started two on two, and then it, it evolved where we're like, okay, we need more bodies than this, and then it evolved. We get some more guys, and then next thing you know, we got a group of guys that play pretty regular. And and you got good. You got a pretty high level of play then, if like. Yeah, more in the summer. Uh, in the summers are a lot more high-level players because the young kids are back. In the summer, in the winters, it's more of the old, uh, older guys. Anywhere from you know thirty to sixty will come out, and we'll just scrimmage and have some laughs. And uh, a couple guys that work at the cooler and uh, Steve Jacobs and uh, Marcus Gustafson and some guys that uh, former college players and you know that are in the game and are, are still in, involved in the Atlanta Fire which is a program uh, here in, in Atlanta so we have a lot of fun and uh, really fortunate that I, I'm still able to to play once in a while and uh, you're still in the game you're all still around yeah. and it's still part of your life no that's good that's, yeah and uh, then I do I do lessons in the morning too with kids probably three to four days a week Anywhere from eight-year-olds to, like I say, 22, 23-year-olds, pro, pro guys, and trying to help them uh, get them better. And a uh, real privilege for me, and I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed coaching uh, the kids around here. Just watching them get better, is it's fulfilling, right? It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really fulfilling. Good for you. Okay, but anyways, um, you've done too much here to keep talking about all that here. So... <laughs> I did want to talk about in junior, like when you got traded your last year to the after, so you're drafted sixth overall already, but you get drafted your last year to the Niagara Falls Thunder. And it looks like you guys are stacked and you guys yeah. almost won it. Eh? So is that in the old yeah. barn in Niagara Falls, like where I would have played junior B against Niagara Falls? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And you know, it, it, I actually didn't even know this. So I read that, read the article that we were talking about earlier um, that they were supposed to play in Hamilton, but, the, they couldn't come to a lease agreement with the cops Coliseum. So they ended up moving the team to Niagara Falls and playing in that small barn. And that was the best junior barn that I've probably ever played in small, maybe held 2,500, 3,500 people. And you're right on top of you nice and loud. And as you mentioned, we had, uh, well, I mean, a beyond all-star team. I think if you look down that roster wall, we probably had eight to 10 guys that played at least one NHL game off of one junior team, which is, unheard of right yeah and then some of them had really phenomenal careers as well so yeah really great memories uh bill LaForge brought me in and uh 
I don't know if anybody knows the history of him, but he, he had coached from Vancouver and was a notorious uh, great junior hockey coach and kind of had some nutty ideas and, you know, kind of off the wall, uh, tough, tough as nails and loved his teams to be tough. And then he brought in a guy named Dan Cameron, who was uh, one of the best coaches I ever played for too, just kind of a crazy wild man who would uh, run the power play and keep the guys loose and have fun and, um, you know, really extremes of different two different coaches that I could have ever played with, but some great memories with uh, with some all star guys and really good human beings too that I still keep in touch with today, which uh, which is great. So, how close did you guys get to winning it? What like do you remember? Yeah, so I think we lost uh, we lost in the in the finals to Peterborough four uh, two I believe it was in the, in the in the finals and they had Domi and Ricci and a few other guys. Uh, on that club that were, that were very good. But unfortunately, as I mentioned, we, he liked to play a tough game or, or coach did. So in the playoffs would be, we'd be down a goal or something. He'd be like, let's go run the goalie or something like that. You know, it's back in the eighties, yeah, right? No, late eighties. So back in those days, the intimidation factor was still huge, but unfortunately, I, if we would have just probably been let, let us play and use our skill, I think we would have, definitely probably dominated them we wanted to play that tough game which I loved but again maybe in the playoffs wasn't that wasn't the best place to do those kind of things yeah you live and you learn right uh, but that, that yeah. is a, now that you brought him up I did see so when you're drafted sixth overall to yeah. Toronto Domi goes second round That's and right. you played against him in the OHL so you yeah. got you guys must know each other coming up in the same organization then eh? yeah yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Ty and I have a good bond, obviously, being drafted together and having played junior against each other. And, um, you know, he had obviously a phenomenal career. And who would ever thought that he would be uh, have have as great a career as he did? But obviously, he was tough as nails and would do anything it took to, to play and uh, had some, you know, great, great moments and great, uh, great stories with him and a lot of laughs over the years. And, uh, you know, he's always had everybody's back out there so he was you know, kind of the ultimate teammate especially back in those days when fighting was really prevalent and having tough guys on your team was uh was a good thing and give you some room and you know the intimid like I say the intimidation factor was good but he uh he, he had a hell of a career and uh you know really real good guy okay well so I just had to ask because I no noticed it so I know right. I'm not I'm not that big of a jock sniffer you know I don't need to know about all <laughs> these guys but um <laughs> After Anything, bring it up, it's fine. You know, I've never had a guy on that's played with all these guys. Like we're talking, we still got Sackick, Sundin, Hashik. Like we got a lot of guys to talk about. So might yeah, be a late night, you know. Anyways, no, no, sorry. Okay. okay. Moving on is, but like that playoffs. I saw you had a big playoffs when you lose to Peterborough, and you go straight from there to the NHL. So what's that like when you get put out and sit? Like when what's it like? getting the call or someone telling you how do you find out you're going to the nhl yeah so yeah that year uh so i played like nine games uh after my draft year and it's still the same or if you play that 10th game it's, it's mm. kind of like you it's a year towards your contract i thought you went at the end so that was at the start sorry that yes. yeah that was ridiculous yeah. i should no no that's that. right yeah so that, that's how i started so I, you know 18 years old i mean again i don't well i don't really think back I'm thinking of like really a college understand. player, man. That's what I'm thinking no, no. of. Yeah, yeah I'm no, thinking yeah, you're. You. Yeah, my but bad. going back, I, I, I today I realize obviously the magnitude of being on the, on the Toronto Maple Leafs and being a first round pick and, and 
and all the stress and pressure of that. But at the time, I was just saying, hey, I was just playing hockey. And I was just a young kid uh, trying to do my best and help the team win. But yeah, it was amazing. Like my first NHL game, I'm 18 and I'm playing with like Tom Ferguson uh, as my centerman and maybe Russ Cordnell or somebody as our, as my winger. And I'm, we're, uh, we're in uh, Chicago stadium back then, which is the old rink you would, the, the dressing rooms were way down downstairs. You'd have to go up like 20, 30 stairs to get up to the, to the, to the ice surface. Right. So I remember going up and it was my first game and it was, uh, it was warmups. So I'm out there, you know, just taking warmups to whatever, obviously the blood's flowing and where energy's going and we're, you know, very nervous. And then I hear people yelling at me, Pearson, you suck, Pearson, you suck. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell, how do they know I suck? They haven't even seen me play yet, you know? So anyways, but, uh, and then I, I played, or we listened to the national anthem. Obviously, back then, the Chicago Stadium was notorious to have the big pipe organ and the Wayne Mesmer's voice just overwhelming, right? And you couldn't even hear him sing because of the crowd was going so nuts. So that was my first experience. And then, but right before this happened, I'll never forget, Tom, Tom Fergus says to me, he goes, get ready for this, kid. And that's when the anthem started and the crowd started going. And I don't think I've ever been in a bigger uh, environment where the anthem was going like that and the building was rocking and this is the first game of the season so it was pretty crazy and you didn't feel the pressure at all at, at 18 you're and you're the first round pick from yeah. kind, kind of like kind of you're from ontario so yes you know like and you don't feel that pressure right eh? no you know what honestly Wally, to me uh, i was just out there playing you, you know you played you played the game you get on the ice it's just like hey i'm doing my job and I'm, working as hard as I can and doing whatever I can for the team to win. And that's kind of my mentality. Yeah. There's people in the stands you know, 10 times as much as I've ever been in, a, in any rec, obviously in the NHL, of course, but um, it was uh, yeah, just out there doing my job, having fun, playing a game, you know, try not to think of the, the stress or the pressure of being a first round pick. Like I said, I probably, I probably think of it more now and look back goes, wow, that was a lot of stress and pressure, especially as an 18 year old. And, uh, but, you know, at the time, it was just uh, it was all coming at me so fast that I didn't really even comprehend the magnitude of the stage I was on. Well, I guess 18 is young. Like, that's really young. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So then that's when you go back to junior. OK, so then yeah. your first real rookie season, then you do play 41 games. Who's the coach? Yeah. What type of role do they put you in? Like, yeah. and, and what type of role did did you want in the NHL? Like when you're drafted sixth overall, what, what, what role did they project you as? Yeah. Kind of a power forward, uh, you know, guy who can score some goals and uh, play gritty, hit and fight, you know, play tough, play hard, be a presence, uh, be a big body out there. It's kind of, that was, that was, I knew I had to do that to stay play up and, and down and the play. lineup, play anywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's right. If uh, you know, fourth line to, you know, if I can get to the second line and on the few teams, I was able to do that, but it was more, you know, third, fourth line kind of winger crash and bang hard, hard to play against checker and, you know, intimidate a little bit on, as far as, you know, going in the, in the corners and going against the other defensemen. And that was, that was my role. That was, that was how I had to play. And that was how I made a career and playing, you know, whatever 12 years it was that I played pro. I had, I had to do that night in night out. Cause that was, you know, you get, you get labeled to be playing a certain way. You gotta, you gotta do it or else, you know, they're going to bring in somebody else that will. Yeah, no. And that, that's an exhausting role. What you had, it really sounds like it. Like, yeah. 
That's, it was. I mean, it's mentally, again, looking back, I had some real good buddies who were, you know, major heavyweight tough guys. And, you know, I had to deal with stuff too, you know, going night before or day of a game and you're, you know, who you got to play against and who's going to be in the lineup on the other side. And, you know, we'd crazy. We'd have back-to-back games in, uh, in Detroit and I'd have to play against, uh, you know, Probert and, uh, and Kosher and, and guys like that. Right. And you knew, you know, stuff was going to happen out there. And you, I was not the tough guy, but I was one of the guys that w- w- needed to be stepping up and was expected to. Right. So, so um, any fights you, know, you remember mentality, any fights uh, you remember? Like, I don't have this on any of my notes. I just have kind yeah, of yeah. stuff written yeah, down, no, I mean, but now that we're on it, anything you remember? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I fought some pretty tough guys over the years, uh, you know, Mark Tenorti and Bob McGill and Churla um, Manson. I mean, I, it could go on. I mean, those are kind of guys just top of my head that I'm just thinking of right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Todd Ewing and, you know, guys like that. So it was, uh, you know, you had to be ready. You were, you were going in there and and in those days, uh, intimidation was a huge, huge factor and, uh, you know, fighting was a part of it and I had to, uh, do whatever it took. Uh, to protect myself, protect my teammates, protect my line mates. And it was fun a lot of nights, but also, you know, your mind's rolling uh, before the game. And then next week I got to play against, you know, Probert and I got to play against uh, whomever is on the other team that that's their tough guys. Right. And uh, looking up and down the lineup and being ready. Is he a lefty? Is he a righty? How is, you know, what are his tendencies when you're, uh, when you're, going to be matching up against different guys you had to be and that's be before youtube that and all that right that's before yeah. you can do your research and that's but yeah. yeah like it really yeah. became very technical where i remember back yeah. even when i was yeah. coming up into junior yeah. back in junior there was still the big boy skating around at the red line during warm-ups like you know, oh, yeah. like, look at sure. me, look at me. Yeah. And, you know, you warm up <laughs> yeah. and the guy skates around, doesn't touch a puck and then would yeah. sit at the end of the bench the whole game and maybe come out and do something at one point. Right. Oh, yeah. No, no. As all part of the intimidation factor, even the morning skates, you know, you go out there with a with your shirt off or your or a cut off, cut off shirt on or whatever, you know, to kind of. I, I, I never did that. Bench and shit like that, you know, you try yeah. to intimidate. Get them I, thinking. I never did that. I never had yeah. to do that. No. Okay. <laughs> no. um, actually, well. the coaches made me wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. anyway, so anything special <laughs> with your time with the Leafs before you get traded to the Nordiques? Yeah, no, I mean, just fond memories of uh, guys that I was fortunate to play with. I, mean, I lived with uh, Wendell Clark the, my first year. He, he brought me in and he was uh, nice enough to get put a room up for me in, in his place. And, and uh, really, I learned a lot from him and played with veteran guys like Rob Ramage, probably one of the best captains I ever played for. Uh, Brad Marsh, um, Boris Alming. I mean, real leaders, real, uh, real guys that were. Um, they were all in Toronto were, then, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to probably look down the roster to kind of remember even more guys. I mean, we're talking. Geez, what are we talking, 30, 32 years, 33 years ago. So, but uh, yeah, Toronto Maple Leafs, man. I mean, I'm proud to have worn that that jersey. It's an iconic jersey and obviously one of the legendary teams in the NHL. 
So you were living with Wendell. He came to Kincardine where I live. I'm in Kincardine, oh, yeah. Ontario now. He came okay. for like a charity hockey game and I played against him. Um, okay. And we, we battled a little in the corner and then we hit Boston pizza for a couple beers afterwards. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he seemed like a great guy. Yeah. Oh, I think absolutely. he got paid for the charity game. I, I played pro bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he probably did. Yeah. Signed a few autographs. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Kissed a couple babies. Yeah. See you later. Oh, yeah. He's still doing that. You know, good for him. Good for him. I mean, obviously uh, just a legend, right? A legend. And, uh, you know, to think back and, and I know what he means to Toronto. And, and for me, sometimes I kind of have to pinch myself and think back and I, he's one of my friends and then I, we room, room, room together and we're teammates. So it's, uh, it was, it was an honor for sure. Him, him amongst many others as well. Yeah. Your career is ridiculous. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not a jock sniffer, but I got to ask these questions, <laughs> right? right uh, okay. And then, so you do get <laughs> traded to the Nordiques. You, that is not the Sundin trade though, right? No. Yeah. Um, Matt's would have been, because you played with no. Matt Sundin, and I yeah. got it written down. He's got like yeah. 114 points or something when he's playing with you. Yeah, yeah. Matt's uh, Matt's was a teammate of mine in uh, in in uh, Quebec, and uh, what a great guy! Just the, he was a young guy. He was the big Swede coming out of Sweden and, and first round pick, and, and you know he ultimately, obviously, beyond surpassed anybody's. Uh, hopes and dreams of what he would become as an NHL player but I'll never forget uh, we were in a, a big slump we didn't have a very good team that year and and uh, I'd only been playing for like two years at that time and Matt's was like in his Swedish accent you know Scotty uh, how how do you uh, is this normal uh, losing all the time and uh, this is not very fun you know and he's I'm thinking he's asking me and here he goes on to be an all an all-star hall of fame legend you know and I said, no, no, Matt, I said, things will get better. And, you know, the team will improve. Just keep plugging away, keep playing hard. And what a, what a, what a great guy and a great guy on, on and off the ice. And we, uh, we also, at one time, my stallmate for that year was Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur was. What? Yeah, he was on his last <laughs> tour. This is when he had come back after retiring. He was already in the Hall of Fame. How about that? He was already in the Hall of Fame. And he came back out of retirement. And he was, uh, he was my stallmate. He was on my on my right or left side, wherever it was in the dressing room, and we played as a line for probably a good twenty games. Mats was our centerman, and so you you uh, were playing the Mats Sundin and Gilafler, yeah, on a line, yeah. And he yeah. was going no bucket, like he had a little hardly yeah, any no. blow kind of ball. No, no, yeah, no, he, yeah, exactly. He just, I mean, talk so about, you were you protecting know. him. Nobody was going. <clears throat> nobody was going. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, well, no, everybody knew nobody would to, to touch him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's got no so, bucket on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody'd be all over. Him. I played with him, and Marsh was also, and McTavish was another guy that wore no bucket. But, but Guy was, uh, you know, you've heard the stories of him. He'd go in the back of, uh, in between periods, and he'd go in the back in the in the in the stalls and the uh, and have uh, smoke, you know, and stuff like that. Back then, you were doing guys were smoking in the in the dressing room, in the back room, and stuff like that, but. Uh, and then I, I'll, Tony Twist is one of my good buddies, one of the toughest guys to ever play. And uh, we, we we keep saying this every every time he, he, we go to an opposing team's rink, right? And they they have a whole big show for 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 Geek just to honor his career and honor him. And they'd give him 
whatever they give them. Every team would give them some different uh, prize. Or, farewell tour. Yeah, I remember exactly. that now. I remember that as a yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Twister and I would be sitting on the bench night after night going, man, we got front row seats again here. I love this. You know, we'd be sitting there and watching Key Lafleur be honored and he's our teammate. So really uh, good memories of that. And Sackick, I was on the team. Uh, Adam Foote was on the team. Footer was still to this day, one of my best friends and Sackick, obviously a legend and Owen Nolan. Um, and, and that's why, uh, like, I know this, maybe, maybe this is a strange question, but hold on. Captain Ronnie, India Pale Ale. Bayfield Brewing Company. There you go. Um, you got to send me a couple of those before next next interview. Come on, man. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> round two here. When when your kid's playing his first game in the show and we do an impromptu pod, there you and go. you're all pissed up in the stands. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, Perfect. What were we talking about again? All the guys on Quebec. And I was going to yeah. say, like, yeah. when I'm picking a team in NHL 94 against Bays, like – you know, yeah. Quebec's a great team. You got Sundin, you got Sackick, you got Nolan, you, yeah. you know, like, and then you got foot decision and yeah. Yeah. No, we, we had, we had a hell of a team. It was just kind of getting going. Right. Uh, and uh, that's when they yeah, become buddy. the avalanche and win it. Right. Yeah, that's right. They had, you know, with Hextall and Ricci and Huffman on that big trade, uh, you know, then Forsberg came right after he didn't, he didn't play the years I was there or the year I was there and that, but uh, they were building, you know, it was, it was a process. They were getting better year after year, building assets and getting young guys in developing them into uh, you know, a great, great team. And then I, uh, I was traded from there to, uh, to Edmonton at the trade deadline. And then I think uh, not that next year, but the year after they ended up winning the, winning the cup uh, after moving to Colorado. Yeah, but great experience. Love, love Quebec. I, I can speak French, so it's kind of nice to be able to get around the city and. Uh, Do parler uh, français? Ah, ben oui, je parle français. Oui. Uh, J'aime ça, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> my that, my I, wife loves it when I speak French to her. Wow, I didn't know you were that good. Why would <laughs> yeah. I? Is that is that Cornwall? Why are you that good? Yeah, well, I took it at school in Cornwall. Yeah, I went to my parents sent me to uh, French uh, French school. Yeah, I was French immersion until grade nine. Then they tried to make me take grade 10 in history. And I'm like, there's not a chance. Can't do it. And then I was out. Yeah, no, and it's good to have it. My, my kids are, uh, they're, they're kind of mad at us for not uh, putting them in French school. But yeah, it can sprick an bis in Deutsch. So no, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, we're all, I know all Christian, good. Christian, I know, like, oh, we'll get Christian. into that. We'll get into the okay. mosquitoes. Okay. okay, yes, right on. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where are we, anyways? I don't even know. So you got trade. Okay. So you're in Quebec. That rink yeah. is is awesome, eh? Playing in that rink and living in Quebec, you must yeah. have having a time. Yeah. Yeah. Great memories of uh, the time in, in Quebec City. Fans are are nuts. The the whole city is you know every person in that city is, just loves the Nordiques, and obviously, unfortunately, they've had a, haven't had a team there in over twenty years. Hopefully, they get one back soon, but very very passionate fans and love the game and the atmosphere night in night out uh was excellent there and and um yeah just you know just great memories of of every every year that i was there with with the nordiques made some great friendships as i mentioned and like i say footer and uh, twister and amongst others are uh, still some of my some of my good friends to this day but played, played with some hall of famers and some legends over that time as well 
Yeah, I'm like a little schoolgirl right now. You talk about all these guys that were like my, you guys were all my childhood heroes, yeah, right? So it's no, kind of weird. I understand. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, that'd be like me, uh, you know, talking with Bobby Clark and the guys he played with in, in that era, right? If you're you're a kid growing up watching uh, certain things, uh, you, uh, I get it totally. No, I was not NHL, that I'm a legend. N- like NHL that, '94, it. man, it was it, yeah. it, 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 like I was still playing in my 20s. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but seriously, I don't know why they ranked you what they did. That was horseshit because I'd still put you in the lineup. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> I don't know the rankings, but uh, yeah, probably I definitely wasn't. Uh, that's back when Sundin there wasn't really Sackick. line changes, right? So you got okay. you got Sakic, oh, yeah. Sundin, and like Nolan, yeah. or you know, there's yeah. a couple other options, but I'm, I'm we won't get into that. Ice, I'm not getting much ice time in your game, then for sure. <laughs> hey, when I'm playing, you do. I can still be based okay. with you on there. Don't worry about it. It's it all good. <laughs> okay. Um. Good. So, anyways, that 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 it's so cool that you played with all these guys and the career you had, man, is incredible. So. Um, you, you, like, who's the coach in Quebec? I don't even remember. Yeah. So oh, you, you asked me who my coach was in Toronto. Just back to that real quick. Yeah. Uh, Doug Carpenter. Was, well, Tom Watt was, a, was one of my coaches. John Brophy actually was one of my coaches in, uh, in, um, in Toronto. And actually when I was drafted there, uh, I went for a visit. They were, they had a game in Newmarket. The, the Saints were playing the minor league team and Brophy was there with, Gorge Stellick, who was the GM at the time, so they wanted me to come and visit. So, and uh, first introduction I get with John or John Brophy, he, he grabs my hand and, and he shakes my hand and he turns my knuckles over and he goes, Let me see those knuckles, kid. So, so he says, Yeah, I like it already. <laughs> so, he's, he was a he was a guy who liked fighting and stuff like that. So, anyways, so I regressed. And then I then I had Doug Carpenter in Toronto, too, who was uh, actually our neighbor. We have a cottage in Long Sioux, just outside of Cornwall. And uh, he lives like three doors down from us. So it's funny, small world. Uh, so then, yeah, Quebec, uh, P- Pierre Page was the first coach when I was there. I've uh, heard about him in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he picked me up when we, when we got traded. I think he was a coach GM, I believe, at that time. Then we had Dave Chambers as well. Uh, that was pretty much it during my time with uh, – with uh, with Quebec was those two guys, if I recall properly. Yeah, no, I I heard of Pierre Page in uh, yeah. in Europe. He was doing things mm-hmm. differently than everybody else. Oh yeah, I'm sure. No, he brought some things into Quebec too, and meditation things in the dressing rooms, things that I've never seen. But I, I respected, and I you know I was open to anything, anything to make us better or make me a better player. I was willing to learn all the time, absolutely. And he he brought some different angles, thought outside the box during those days. Yeah, I did too. I did a gag ball at one point. It was pretty weird. This thing you strap on your wrists and arms, but or legs yeah. and arms. Have you the gag ball? Have you done the gag ball? No, no. Uh, I, I don't know what it's actually called, but that's what I called it. That's and after it, my time. Yeah, I must say, yeah, definitely. Um, it was at the end of my time. Um, but uh, moving on is uh, where are we? You're still in Quebec, so, so then you get traded. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, like, I one thing I wanted to bring up, because, like, I seem to, now that I've started a pod and I figure out where people are from that, like, I seem to want on, Halifax yep. and, like, out east. Um, you yep. spent some time playing for the Halifax Citadels. And Citadel, th- yeah. That, that must have been pretty fun living out there, eh? Because they seem like great yeah. people out east. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going through, I had some uh, sports hernia. I had a sports hernia, so I had surgery. And then I, uh, they sent me back down to the minors to kind of recover. And uh, no, Halifax was a great, uh, great city out, out east. And um, yeah, some, some great teammates during those times and uh, crazy uh, fun areas down there near, near the rink and uh, passionate fans. I mean, uh, yeah, good. Uh, again, good, really good memories of uh, of time there in, in Halifax for sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I've just never heard of that team. And like, there's yeah. a, you know, and then like the Nordiques being done, it's sad. It really is. Yeah. Like, it is. Um, but, anyways, um, so then you were traded to the Oilers, right? Because I yeah. wasn't sure if it was you signed with the them deadline. or you were traded. You were traded. No. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it was traded. Uh, in the summer, in the summer, I think it was from. Uh, yeah, because it looked uh, like it's so it's a full Zelina. season. Because what I wanted to yeah. say is, yeah, um, it was a full first season, and I, it looks like your your best season in the NHL. So you were traded for Martin Jelena. I remember him. Yeah, number yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's funny because he was drafted one one pick after me. I was sixth. He was seventh to uh, to LA. And uh, kind of a quick tidbit, um, L.A., I went to visit L.A. the year of my draft, and they they were going to draft me, I found out later. They had the seventh pick. So, anyways, they uh, – Toronto took me sixth. Seventh was Jelena, picked by, by L.A., but that was the year of the Gretzky trade, right? So, Gretzky, that was 88. So, Gretzky was traded uh, to, to L.A. for a bunch of picks and, and some – big name guys and one of them was that pick which was Jelena so he ended up in Edmonton and then ironically whatever three years later I ended up getting traded for uh, Jelena from he was in Edmonton at the time to Quebec and I went the other way to, to Edmonton but uh, yeah I loved Edmonton yeah it was one of my well it was my best year uh, in the NHL and uh, put up some numbers and some PIMS and um Played with Dougie Wade as my as my centerman, so not too shabby there. Obviously, I just I mean I just go to the net and hit my stick or bounce off me and go in. I mean that's how pretty much I probably scored most of my goals. But he'd get me the puck and I'm like, how the hell did he just get that past me? I couldn't even see the see a lane or anything. But he was he was so good. And then Steve Rice uh, was our winger for most of the most of that year, and he was just a a big uh, big horse out there. I know run, him. Yeah. Run people over and. Uh, you know, a big shot and, uh, you know, we would get, we get some room for Dougie and he'd, he'd do his, his, uh, his magic and put the puck on our stick. And we had a, we all had our, probably our best years, uh, best years that year in Edmonton and, uh, and, and played with some great, great guys. Again, friends to today, Scotty Thornton and Shane Corson, and Louis DeBrusque. I mean, that was our left wing. Imagine that, you know, back in those days. So your, our left wing was Shane Corson, who was, Tough as nails fighting yeah. anybody. Uh, Scotty Thornton, same thing. Left side, Louis DeBrusque, the toughest of all of us. Uh, you know, and he he was on the left side, and then myself. So <laughs> would have been would have been pretty intimidating to come into Edmonton <laughs> if you were a right winger. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we we uh, we had some some great uh, great times there on and off the ice during during those Edmonton days. And, Again, uh, made some great friends and, and still to today keeping in great touch. Luke Richardson is one of my best friends. And my wife and I were in Montreal a couple of nights ago and or well, last week, right after their playoff run. And 
we just happen to be, and we we communicate all, communicate all the time, Luke and I. And we happen to be walking down in old Montreal, and there's uh, Luke and Steph, his wife, and my wife and I were like, "Can you believe there's Luke and Steph?" And then we ended up going uh, to a restaurant bar, watching the, the soccer finals, and uh, being together for eight hours. So you know, just uh, you know, small world, and, and you know, great friendships that you make uh, through the game, and and uh, keep them today and uh, and great times. And it, it, it that reminds me of running into a couple that. I would know in Europe that I had, we had met like that. Mm -hmm. My wife would know his wife or someone I had played with and you run yeah. into each other at Oktoberfest or you run into each other at some other place and you end up spending eight hours together, just having a day. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. And it was uh, really, really great. A lot of laughs. I mean, I mean nonstop laughing. It was just great to see them. Great yeah, to catch yeah. up. No, and that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing in my shed is catching up with everybody. And it's great to get awesome. to know you better because I was like yeah. kind of a young kid and you're the coach, right? And like, I of didn't course. really know you. I'm just trying to play yeah. good and like hang out yeah. with the boys, right? But like, of course, of yeah, course. like this is, this is, this is fun for me getting to know other people and like how it all yeah. went down. It's, it's, I yeah. don't know. It's cool. Put it all, man. put the puzzle together, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. I have all these notes written down, and then like you're telling me how it really went, and I had my ideas. But <laughs> so, um, Doug waits your your Saturday because I saw yeah. you got 19 goals, 18 assists, 37 points, and 165 pims in only 72 games. That's a hell of a year. Yeah, um, I wish I would have been able to duplicate that. That was. Uh... That was who's, just the chemistry the and everything. Uh, so we had um, we had uh, Sather. We had Teddy Green started, and then Sather uh, took over, and him and Muckler kind of thing uh, during during those years. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, those guys had just come off winning, you know, four cups and um, in the in the mid and early '80s, and you know, I mean, here we here we are in. Uh, in Edmonton, I'm playing for the Edmonton Oilers, you know, legendary four cup team. They just, just won and, and just unreal. Like it just, again, thinking back, like at the time, I don't really realize what's going on. And then uh, you're making me think back and what an honor it was to, uh, to be a part of that and, and meet, meet and be with those legends, Hall of Fame guys that were my coaches. And, and uh, some of them went on to, to actually be uh, Hall of Famers as well, players. Oh, no, man, you're, yeah, everything you did is is incredible. Like you put together a hell of a career. Um, so um, from there, um, what I wanted to know is you have that great season. So the yeah. next season is Doug Waite not the centerman for you anymore? No. So what happened was it was the lockout year, uh, and I think we played a shortened season that next year. If the stats tell that properly, so and a new coach came in. George Burnett came in. And uh, I don't really talk like this much about guys that, uh, that, that coach me because. Uh, no, like, because no, what I wanted to say is I can tell yeah. that after yeah. that season, you're like, yeah. I'm established. I've done it. Yeah. I'm here. Here I am. I'm an mm -hmm. NHL player and I'm a good NHL yeah. player. And then I see what happens the next year. And I'm like, there's got to be a coaching change. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And, and unfortunately he didn't respect kind of what the guys had done the year before and, and kind of had his own thoughts and what he was going to put together. And uh, uh, obviously a reason why he didn't last too long in the NHL. I didn't even know if he finished the season as, as an NHL coach. So, uh, but 
again, uh, you know, again, I don't talk bad about anybody really, but uh, that did kind of screw me that year. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I didn't get the playing time. Chemistry wasn't good. We were playing with different guys and didn't get the opportunity that I had had uh, the year prior, which doesn't make a lot of sense when younger guys are building their, you know, doing well. That uh, to me, you should keep guys together and keep building and keep pumping them up and, you know, see where they can go. But if you don't do that, you know as well as I do, and you have the power as a coach uh, to put guys out there, put them in situations, give them opportunity. And if you're not getting it as a player, there's only a limited amount of, uh, that you can do while, you, while, while you're on the ice. I actually – No, I, yeah, and, like, I actually remember a conversation I had with uh, – it was Paul Fenton, who's, like, assistant GM yeah. or whatever. So his son uh, was playing with me in Germany – and yeah. I remember being at a Super Bowl party with him and I was and I knew Rich Peverly and he just won the Stanley Cup and they had let him go in Nashville. And I yeah. said to him and I said to him, I'm like, how do you let my buddy Pevs go? Like, how would you let him go on waivers? I don't understand, like, why you yeah. just put him on waivers. And he says he said, to be honest, the coach is the coach. And if he's not going to play him, then you, you got to you got to send him down because. Yeah. And that's, and, and the coaches have th that power. And like, it's like for me, when I went to pro, the coach did not put me in any position to succeed. He never put me on a power play once. And like, yeah. you sign me. Yeah, and that's your specialty. You know? That's you what I am. That's coaches, who I am. Right? Yeah. 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 And I never play on one power play ever. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough because then you're thinking, okay, what else do I have to do? Then you start playing outside your game and then you're 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 and not you're grabbing guy you do fight him. <laughs> yeah yeah there you go exactly you're 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 doing things you're not normally you uh, shouldn't be that's not uh, who not, you are yeah, not used to doing exactly well like there's yeah. there's people that can do things like it was like you want to do it you can do it but like that's not what makes you a successful hockey player it's not helping the team like if somebody's no. gonna fight that guy it shouldn't be me right like if yeah. somebody's gonna go run that guy it shouldn't be me like that's no. yeah you gotta stick yeah, no, to no, what absolutely. you do yeah exactly and you can't put guys in roles that they're not comfortable with you know you're not going to be successful uh if the guy's comfortable with playing a certain role great and if he does it well that's what a coach coach has to mold everything together here's your first line guys and here's your second third fourth your first pairing, your second pairing on, on the back end, and you build your team. You build, you build roles. You have an idea of who's going to do what and how they're going to do it, and then you ask them to do those roles and play those roles. If you're a good coach and you put that all together, you're going to have success. Yeah, and the, the thing for just a player, like just a player, it's like when one organization kind of lets you go, it's like you got to find your way in this new room, this whole thing that's already been established. They already have their Absolutely. power plays. They already have their penalty kill. Yep. They already have their rotation of who goes out when. And then you got to yeah. join them and try and fit in. And you're like, yeah. well, where do exactly. I fit in? And I, it seems like that's kind of what happened to you there. Yeah, yeah. And then that's okay. I mean, I, again, I... I was, I knew it was pro hockey and you just got to deal with what comes at you. You'd be traded, you play different roles, you know, you do as you have to do. And that was kind of my mentality. And again, I don't have the stats in front of me or whatever, but I think, yeah, that year, uh, end of that year was the lockout year. And then I got traded to, uh, to Buffalo at the trade deadline. I remember now, yeah, we were in like, uh, we were in, um, 
San Jose and I got traded at the trade. I was going in the morning skate and then they, whatever, who would have been probably, probably Muckler. Yeah. Muckler said, yeah, Scotty, go see, uh, go see slots and whatever. And, and trade deadline, you know, shit's up, like some, some, some stuff's happening. Right. So, uh, so I went in and they told me I traded to, uh, to Buffalo for, I think it was Ken, Ken Sutton, a defenseman, I guess, you know, Edmonton needed defenseman. And then, uh, Buffalo wanted uh, uh, bigger forwards, and because actually, it was probably a month before the playoffs, and it looked like they were going to uh, match up against Philly. You know the way the, the standings were; it was going to be Philly was going to be first, and I think we ended up fourth or wherever it was back in those days. And um, so they put me on a line in Buffalo with uh, Bob Sweeney, who was a big, big right hand shot centerman, and then uh, Yuri Himalev, who was a big right shot winger left right winger and um so i uh i played left wing with that line and we we went up against the uh legion of doom um in uh in uh in in philly uh and the we, legion we of doom like yeah Lindros, yeah Lindros and, and yeah yeah lindros leclerc and, uh, renberg and leclerc and then we uh we played against them on a line and we shut them down. We only scored one like even strength goal against our, against our line. So we kind of did our job, but we ended up losing to five games, but neither here nor there, but it was a you know, good experience for me because showed, you know, showed what you can do. To play defense. Yeah. Yeah. So we played defense. We played hard against, we, you know, we're a big body. So we, we made it hard on them and made sure they didn't get much room. And, uh, but anyways, they were, they were a better team in the end than us. So not much we could have done probably beyond that, but, but uh, yeah, good, good, uh, good memories there of playing that that playoff series against uh, the Flyers, and I think that year, I'd have to look back again, but I think they went on quite a run as well, especially with the Legion of Doom that a hell of a team. I remember that line. That's like, yeah, you're bringing mm-hmm. me back to my childhood with that stuff. And yeah. what's weird is when I look at you, you look like you're the same age as me. So that's freaking me out because <laughs> you're talking about my childhood, but you look the same age as me. So I don't know that's what funny. your problem is. <laughs> funny. My wife, my wife cuts my hair. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, you're just, uh, I believe the kids are calling it yoked still, you know, you're all jacked up still. You're still skating Uh and in shape and uh, yeah, you're not just out in your shed podcasting, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get on the stationary bike tomorrow. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Give me inspiration. Yeah. So, um, so I guess now we're in Buffalo. We got to, I guess we got to keep moving because you still have some more stuff I got to get into. Like we haven't even won a championship yet. And that's, that's what I like. Um, but in Buffalo, yeah, you play, um, with Hashik, Dominic Hashik, like, yeah. that's got to be the weirdest goalie ever but like when he was a goalie when I was a kid it was like how do you score on him like it was yeah. so bizarre what he was doing yeah it certainly was and uh best goalie I ever played with for sure um and uh gotta I always be weird tell this story. yeah I always tell this story to the kids I coach and, and anybody who brings up his name actually but he used to if if the night before whenever he got scored on the next day in practice, let's say he got scored on the left winger coming off the left side and beat him glove side or right shot came in, beat him five hole down the slot, whatever it was. He would ask guys that, let's say I'm, so I'm a left shot. To reenact it? He would go reenact and he'd want to he'd stop 10 in a row 
of that simulated shot that beat him the night before. So I'd never seen that before. And you talk about a, the consummate professional and, and uh, passionate about his, his trade and, and how he wanted to uh, just get better all the time, no matter how old he was. And here he was an all-star by then, right? He was the best goal in the league, but obviously you see why he was that because of um, doing that extra work and putting in the extra time that probably a lot of guys probably wouldn't have wanted to do, but he did that. And then if, you know, like I say, a right-hand shot, beat him five hole in the slot and he'd have a right hand shot reenact that same play uh, it was it was pretty wild to see but um yeah he was it a is. character he was a character I'll do one other story about him he uh i don't know what he was making back then we're talking mid 90s so he was probably making i don't know two three million whatever he's probably one of the highest paid back then whatever it is so his two-week paycheck would have been probably 200k right something like that or 150 i don't know something like that so uh the trainers once in a while would be like he'd be gone like he'd be out of the rink and whatever and they'd be hunting him down going hey because back then you got paid by a physical check they give you a check and you go dom you know you you forgot your check in your stall like he didn't he was like that you know he was that uh wealthy or whatever there was not you know focused on the game that he really didn't even care about his paycheck he'd forget his 150 200 000 paycheck just sitting in a stall so he was a unique guy for sure yeah i don't think i'd leave that one sitting around no no exactly no i've never seen one so yeah no i'd probably keep it yeah yeah Yeah, um that's uh that's awesome and uh Patty LaFontaine, would he, would that yeah. have been around the concussion time for him? Yeah, it would have been probably tail end of his career. I would say he was getting more. Actually, concussion. hold on, hold on. Thresher, yeah, yeah. Belgian wit beer. <laughs> okay, nice. Okay, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Patty LaFontaine, because he was a really good yeah. player. Um, oh, like yeah. in sorry. NHL 94, fast, like a, a he no, was got to be 89 overall, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. a heck of a player and, and uh, learned a lot from him. He, he was our captain that year, and obviously he could wheel, and he, he was a real treat to watch. And I get the you know, front row seats being on the bench with him and uh, uh, right-hand shot it could snipe and, you know, one of the best U.S. players in, in history, obviously, right? But, uh, yeah, real good leader and, and uh, a real good guy off the ice, too. I uh, really enjoyed conversations with him and – Obviously, he, he's had a phenomenal career, Hall of Fame career. So um, I got a question then, like with all this sure. moving around in the NHL and yeah. all that, what is it like? Like what I, I don't know, like I've been in like Germany, right? In Denmark, yeah. where I signed for a year and I'm on that team for the year. Like yeah. you're getting traded there's there the odd time you'd get sent down, but like yeah. it's got to get a bit tiring over the years right yeah but again yeah of, of course it's not not fun to be you know up and down or traded to different teams but in the end it's your job and it's your career and you got to do what you got to do and I was always a guy who, who really tried to um, adjust to whatever situation I was in and make the best of it and be happy about it and be thankful and, and just again make the best of, of the situation I was in whether it was going great or not going not so great or was a good trade or a bad trade or, or whatever the situation was uh, make new friends and uh, you know enjoy the city on or off the ice you know whatever whatever was going on and it just kind of always 
uh, would would have that mindset going into new situations, whatever whatever would have happened. Uh, again, whether it was a trade or a new signing or whatever it was. No, it, it, it's cool for me. Like when I talked to you and I didn't really know you and I was like, I don't really know what he's going to be like. And like, you seem like yeah, just the true. type of guy I want to hang out with. And like, when you list <laughs> yeah. off the guys that you were yeah. hanging out with, I'm like, those seem like yeah. the guys I'd want to hang out with when I was a yeah. hockey player. Right. Like, um, yeah. like the, yeah, good guy good guys for sure and then that that's what i get a feel from like the louis well. and and the, the, yeah like yeah. the the guy and like for me i was always best friends with the guys that protected me that like that's yeah. always how it worked was my best friend was usually yeah. the guy that protected me thanks hendo <laughs> nice and for me yeah i would say looking back you know most of the guys that i'm still friends with today were guys that were that would go through the wall for you and they were tough whether it was tough guys fighting or uh or just tough hockey players that were big and strong and and you know have that that edge play with that edge all the time i love those kind of guys those those are my best uh, best teammates for sure yeah for me it was just when like i knew you i like they had my back and I yeah. had their back and like just the best teammates right it's the best teammates you played with are your best friends right no question no, no questions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To this day, like you, you mentioned some of your buddies' names and you're still be friends. You're still friends with, will always be friends. And the beauty of it is I don't have to talk to them every day. I, I don't have to see them, but if I, if I see them and it, it takes two seconds to rekindle that, that, that bond you had, uh, whether it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, I told you about the Richardson story and I, I could talk to Adam foot, uh, you know, tomorrow and it'd be like, we didn't miss a beat. And meanwhile, we'll probably haven't talked for over a year kind of thing, you know? No, and that's, and that's exactly how it was for me. And uh, it's still that way for a lot of my buddies that I haven't got to reach out to yet because I got to have on guys. I don't know that well. Yeah. I got to have, I can't just have all my closest buddies every week because then I'm just, I'm, I'm going for the randoms. Right. But yeah, it's so much fun to catch up with all these people and get to know them. Like, absolutely off the ice and like their real lives and like what it's really like uh, this is like really fun for me so anyways moving on hold on one sec let me get i gotta plug in my phone because i think it's dying since our computers were or mine wasn't working great yeah okay full court hold on no worries so i will and we're back folks i had to pee he had to pee. We're all good. So moving on is um, I find that after Buffalo, though, you do somehow get back with the Toronto organization, but you don't play that much that season. Um, did you get hurt or what happened there? Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think of that when, when my second surgery was, because I had a second uh, sports hernia surgery. A yeah, second one in the same place, like with the same yeah. mesh, like they put the mesh yeah. on. I yeah, had that so one. The, yeah, the first oh, did you? Yeah, it's a it's common uh, hockey injury, but I had the first one on the I think the right side, and then the second time I had it would have been, yeah, I had signed with Toronto, back with Toronto because my groins were were getting worse and they never were great probably throughout my whole career actually, but but they probably um, didn't have the shorts and like the tight things that can hold it together like they do nowadays, right? Yeah, it's, it's different. You know, the technology on everything absolutely is different. And then I ended up having surgery on both sides of 
sports hernia. So it was that year that I had signed with them. And then I, um, I, uh, yeah, it was off a lot of the season because back then it was a three to four month process, you know, for you to get back to actually playing again. So, um, it was probably that summer and then, uh, yeah, signed with them. And then they said, uh, I was getting a little older. It was probably 27 ish around them maybe. And, you know, they said, you know, we'll sign you. We're not sure, you know, where we'll, where we'll have a spot for you, but you have an opportunity. So I said, great. So then I signed and then they said, okay, we're going to send you to the minors. And, uh, the minors were the rock, which was Newfoundland, or, uh, they said we can send you the IHL. So I'm, I'm later in my career, I'm like, okay, well, IHL, I said, all right, send me to Orlando, right? <laughs> Let's go to a sunny location or whatever, right? So does that mean then, you get less call-ups if you take that route then? No, no. Yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't a, matter. You just go no. wherever. Yeah, because it was comparable league. I think actually, I, absolutely, the IHL was a better league than the American League back then when it was going. Uh, and then they said, well, we have an affiliation with Chicago. We're going to send a couple of you older veterans to Chicago. And I'm like, all right not the climate I was uh, hoping for as opposed to Orlando or whatever. But so I said, okay, great. And uh, gosh, we went there and ownership was, is phenomenal. Still the same guys. My, my son plays against them and I go, uh, we went to, to, to watch him play and, you know, I'm sitting in the owner's box with, with Don Levin and, and Buddy Myers, just, just great people to, to today. Can't say enough about them. And they, they built a, a championship team and championship environment from the top down, bottom up, the whole, the whole deal. Trainers, the, the trainer still calls me. I still call him every once in a while. Just a great, great organization. And uh, Kevin Shovel-Dayoff, who's obviously with Winnipeg now and doing some really good work there, was our GM. Uh, we had some NHL veteran guys. I mean, our... our, our team was laden with uh with nhl former uh, former nhl guys and we had a lot of success we won uh, the turner cup in 98 or yeah 98 and then again in 2000 uh again played with some so are really you, great players with the leafs through that the first two years i was uh belonged to them and then uh you know i was probably uh, more of a uh you know somebody could could, could be there for a call up you know if needed and uh you know, a reliable guy, know what they're getting kind of thing as an older guy. But I was real happy in Chicago and getting paid well and, and having a great time. Obviously, we had a we had a phenomenal team and it was we're winning all the time and great environment. The Chicago rink would probably had 10,000 fans every game. Playoffs, we'd sell out. We had more fans than the Hawks did back in those days. We were we were, we were a better draw than they were. We were that good. Um, um. One so. thing I would like to say is when you say yeah. you were you were in the owner's box when your son's playing and the guy built a, a, a just a like a championship team from the top yeah. down like that's what happened in Cardiff where I played. Um, okay. This guy did that. Todd Kelman. Uh, he was an earlier episode, but like yes. when people can do that and they remember the players that played for them and remember what they did for them. And right like when you come back and they do that for you, like you won two championships. Yes. It was a long time ago, but like, it's still, you're still part of the whole thing, right? Like winning That's championships true. doesn't happen every day, but no. when no. you, when you no, have no, people like is. that, then yeah. then you win right no absolutely and, and they create environments where 
they want everybody to be successful and they, 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 you know, do whatever it takes for, for the team and the individuals to be successful, set up your family, set up uh, whatever you need for uh, anything off ice, your, your homes, your workouts, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, they, they spare no expense to, to make that happen. And you feel it, you know, you, you want to go harder for them. You want to do whatever you can above and beyond like they're doing for you. Kind of like the uh, Atlanta roller hockey team. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's why we're so successful. Right. Uh, JB, John. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Like that's why I want to give her, but yeah, like, yeah, but like it's the same in Cardiff. It was the same, like for a UK team, like it's not the same level, you know, but no matter. They give, it was the same thing. Exactly what you're saying. It was the exact same thing. I lived it. And then all of a sudden I watched this team go from the bottom of the barrel to the top of the mountain and they've stayed there. And it's because of how they treat people and how they, they dot every I, they cross every T you go in there, your kids have what they need. The foods, the fridge is stocked. Like they care about you. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, atmosphere gets talked about amongst players on other teams and and they know that that's a place you want to be that's a place you want to play and uh, that's what they've created there still to this day yeah and they still win yeah like and yeah. that that was back when i became a a pro they were the team everybody wanted to play for yeah yeah it's still the same owners all the way through that yes yes it is yeah it is same guys yeah no for example like last year they Obviously, lockout year, but they combined. Uh, I think it was Milwaukee's team, so whatever Vegas and somebody out Carolina, I think it was. They took the best players from both teams, so they had a hell of a team. Again, spare no expense, do whatever they have to to win. And there wasn't even any playoffs this year in that league, so just goes to show you what they what they will do to to make that happen. And, and they did that for us those years. Like I say, they brought in guys that would have been hard to get, and uh, from other organizations, and it didn't matter. Uh, what the parent team or who they were signed with they were they wanted good players and they went out and did it and as how you can much, see by the roster and how much more fun it like because obviously i guess you hadn't won until that point right and you're near the end you hadn't won yet yeah. right and when no. i see that picture that you you asked to get on the the poster that i didn't have a, off google was oh, yeah. like like when you see that picture though and i've won some stuff right not just roller hockey i've won a few other leagues yeah. but like when you are holding that trophy and like what it what you see it does to a town a city the people around the team the your teammates the wives the kids everybody yeah. like when Absolutely. you win something it is the best the best time ever yeah. right yeah yeah it's your ultimate goal right that's why we play that's why we played uh to ultimately win the championship every year you play you, you don't you don't start the season thinking i'm just gonna hopefully have good stats this year or whatever you you ultimately want to want to win the championship and do whatever it takes in order to get to that pinnacle and fortunately i was able to do that uh, two out of my three years with chicago and you know, and any hockey player who's who's not in it for that every every year is you know playing the wrong sport for sure. And uh, I got, like I say, it was very fortunate to be a part of that uh, for for two championships. Yeah, no, that yeah, winning's the best. The ultimate time goal, ever. right? It, yeah. it really is, and like it is. But so okay, after that and winning is 
this is when you <laughs> you finally come over to where I've been. I was most of my time is you're going yes. to the Essen Mosquitoes. That's right. <laughs> the Mosquitoes. Yeah. yeah, I know quite the name. Huh? I don't know if they're still called that, but I, I hope not. <laughs> well, so so when I went yeah. to Germany, they were in the second league, and okay. um, they I've played in the rink, I've been to the town, okay. but then yeah. they went they went bankrupt after that year and oh, went down is that to. Right? Oh, I didn't know that. That's too bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, no, that stuff I, I remember, happens over there. Yeah, so I had uh, I had a choice to sign uh, sign here uh, in the in the U.S. Uh, with Chicago again or go overseas and uh and and just get that experience in and and uh financially it was a better better opportunity too so decided to go and try that and that was one of my favorite hockey times was was going there i'll never forget because i got there late in the in the summer so i missed kind of their training camp and whatever and um they uh as you know with uh, being having played there i mean the warm-up so it was a full barn with people waving their flags and everybody's drunk in the stands and i'm like this is warm up here this is crazy so we had uh, i had some some good laughs and good good memories there during during that time we had a pretty good team we had a and they did that the kind of the hierarchy of the of the team is how they did announce the lineup so we had Essa ticken was on our team so he'd always be the first guy um uh, first guy introduced or no sorry he'd be the last guy we'd go we'd go down the ranks kind of the the youngest guy or whatever to the most, you know, senior and it wasn't by the number decorated guy. No, it was the most decorated guy. So where did you get to go? Well, I was fortunate to be second last near the end. Yeah. I was one of those guys near the end, but he was always the last for sure. Ticking. I mean, one. I said Tikkanen was on your team, eh? Yeah. 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 We had a bunch of, a bunch of Canadians. I think we had, you could you could max out at like 15 uh, uh 15 um imports and we probably had 12 canadians on the team so a lot of guys that i probably previously played junior with or in the minors with here and there are no new of them so it, it's, it didn't feel like a german experience besides you know when you go out to dinner and have to talk german otherwise you're in the dressing room talking english we had a canadian coach too which made that transition a lot easier too um yeah like when i went over to germany in the second league the coach didn't speak english like he not one he the only time he did is when i had my one meeting with him the whole year okay. i had one meeting and he spoke english and i was like oh so you yeah. actually can and the rest yeah. of the year it was german is that right okay yeah that's that makes it tough especially if you're not in an environment where there's a lot of other guys you can speak english to of course right Wow, that's it. Can spricken I'm bis in Deutsch now, right? So that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had to <laughs> adapt. <laughs> uh, yeah, no doubt. No, it's really right? cool. You got that experience, though, right? Because yeah, if, you, if you don't go over there, like you don't really see that side of the world, right? Like no. for now in my life, no. when do I go to Europe? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And and uh, unfortunately, like I'd signed to go back to play in Frankfurt the next year, which was one of the best teams in that league after uh, me understanding the league and understanding how it all worked. So they want, they signed me, actually I signed, but then I was still going through my groin problems. And I said, look, let me go home and train in the summer and uh, see how I feel. And, and uh, if I, if uh, I'm planning on playing, but if I'm not feeling good, I'll let you know. And I trained hard, came early August. And I was like, you know what? 
I can't play another season. I was already missing two practices a week the year before and whatnot. So I didn't feel it was fair to, to the team or, or myself and to, uh, to do that or, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard with, with <clears throat> your teammates when you're like, I can't practice like twice a week. Yeah. I, I'm going to show up yeah. for the games. It's yeah. hard, right? Like I was yeah, at that point at the I end. Was. No. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? I wasn't that kind of player. I wanted to not miss a thing and, and yeah. be the you leader. You want to be part the of the first boys. Guy, first guy on the ice, last guy up. That was kind of who I was throughout my career. And I wasn't able to do that near the end. So I was like, you know, it's time. Yeah, no. So you did say it was time. Um, yeah. So, and you did like um, Essen, which it wasn't the nicest town, was it? No, but I didn't know any different, right? So I. Ah, uh, uh, I got gotcha. you. You only played there to... one year. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't know what like the nice towns in Germany are no. like. No, and and back to my comment earlier about you know just making the best of whatever situation was I was dealt with, and and that's kind of what I did, and. And I enjoyed it. I have uh, very fond memories uh, of my time there, for sure. Uh, I'd love to go back someday and visit. Well, um, the only other question I got for you then is uh, you took five years off and then you decided to play uh, (laughs) one game for the Gwinnett um, Gladiators, I think they're called, in the East Coast. So this yeah. is after five years off. What goes on in that game? Yeah, so, so uh, are you going I, out to fight somebody? No, no, yeah, yeah. Wanted to see if I could play in four decades, like Gordy Howe or whatever. No, um, so I uh, I was coaching here, and the Gwinnett team is East Coast Hockey League, and I, I knew the coach Jeff Pyle. I knew the the uh, manager too, uh, Steve Chapman, and great guys, and. Um, they had some guys hurt and I was playing, you know, in that morning hockey, like I told you, and obviously play at a good pace and whatever. So I probably could still hang pretty good. And, uh, but I was only playing twice a week. So I was able to kind of do that. And um, so they were down a couple of guys going into a weekend and then pile or no Chapman, the GM calls me and he goes, Pierce, he says, you know what? Uh, we're down a couple of guys. Says, Would you consider coming and playing for us this weekend? Uh, we know we're going to need guys for sure, or at least a guy on a Friday night. So anyways, I, uh, I thought about it, talked, talked to my kids and said, you know, and they're like, Oh yeah, go, go play dad, whatever. And I was coaching my son at the time. And he's like, yeah, go please. You know? So I ended up going suited up and the 10 forwards in the six D is how the, you know, the East coast league works. Right. So I go ahead and Jeff piles a coach and I say, you know, I, said put me as a 10th forward he said I said you know what you don't have to play just happy to help you guys out kind of thing and he goes no Pierce he goes you are you are uh you're my second line uh right or left wing you're one of my best players you're gonna play a ton and I'm like okay buddy I said that's up to you but I'll, I'll do what I can but don't expect too much but anyways I had uh had a good time doing it and uh Looking back, I'm, I'm kind of glad I did it. And it is funny to see that on the stats, right? So like five years go by and it's like, what the heck is, what, what was he doing there? So that's kind of that story. No, that's awesome. That's, that's cool. You did that. Like, honestly, um, yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be fun to see if you can still hang, right? Like, I, yeah, sure. you kind of like, as you know, right? You want to always see what, what kind of pace you can still play at. And even to this day. Can I still hang out, hang with the 50 and 60 year olds? I think I still can, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not the 40 year olds. I've had a lot more trouble. 
I'm not getting around too well anymore, but, uh, because this is a, I usually like on this podcast, I like chirp the guys cause they're my buddies, but like okay. what, one thing I would, I'm going to say, cause it's a podcast and like, I sometimes sure. am nice is, uh, like the success you had in your life. Um, and the success we had as a roller hockey team, like, um, it's because you, you seem like a good dude. Like, you seem like a good team. You seem you like, no, like, you seem like a guy that I'd want to be on a team with. And, like, if we went to war, I would know you're going to do your part and I'll do my part. Absolutely. And, like, I played yeah. a different game than you, but, like, we're both going to do our part and we're we're going to be in it, you know? No question, Wally. That's that's what teammates do, right? You back each other up. You play the role. You do what you have to for your team to be successful, and that's that's uh, you know how how you played, and that's how I played, and you know that's uh, I, I, I my my work ethic and has brought me into what I've been doing the last twenty years. And uh, well, and that's what I the other family. thing I wanted to say was why you're so successful now um, in what you're doing, and like you're in Atlanta, you got a place in Cornwall, you know, you're, Ottawa, you're yeah. yeah, you're, you're do you're doing well. And it's because of your work ethic. It's because you're a teammate. It's because you're an intelligent guy. And, um, you know what, like I could see that back in the day when I was a young buck playing roller hockey for you. And that's why I wanted to have you on. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's, uh, something you gotta always be like in life, you know, you gotta, if you're a good teammate and a good guy on the ice, you'd be the same off the ice. And that's what I try to be with my company and try to be a good example and my family and, you know, just uh, for all my, my four kids and my wife, we have a real strong, strong bond, strong family. And that's, that's the way you got to live day, day by day and be a good example. And that's, uh, that's what I, that's what I try to do. That's how I try to live. Well, no, and you are, and uh, you were for me back in the day and uh, like it went, yeah, it was a it was a fun summer, and I I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing these stories. And you know, I'm I'm sorry I was such a super fan today because like it's not every day no, that uh, I get to ask about all those all those heroes of my childhood. I guess hey, right. They're, they're heroes of mine too, Wally, and uh, brought back really great memories to be able to kind of turn the clock back and, and uh, go back in, in my mind, you kind of triggered some different things and, and things you would ask and things you would say. So it was really fun for me. And I really, I really have enjoyed it. And, uh, and I, I, I definitely, you know, happy to do, uh, do it any other time you'd want, but that was a really, really nice experience. And I, it was really good catching up with you and I'm glad you're doing great. Yeah, man. No. As well, as we talked about before. Yeah, no, it's, I'm glad I'm back in the game and, uh, this has me back in the game. Like I'm talking to you, I'm talking to all these people. I'm finding out about your son. Like if I wasn't doing this, I yeah. wouldn't know any of this. I sure. would just, I'd still be sitting here going, well, what do I do tonight? Do I walk the dog? Like, you know, what? yeah. Do I want, you know, what, what do I do? But now I know what everybody's doing and it, it, it just, it's what I want to do. And thank you so much for making the time. Good for you. You're doing a great job, Wally, and I, I wish you all the best with all this, man. Yeah, man, and uh, I, I'm i going to have to have your son on someday, too, you know, but we'll, sure this is a PG-13 thing. We'll never get anybody in trouble. And okay. um, <laughs> this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales. 
with my roller hockey coach and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Goldbands. I'm like Pizza Towns and I'm always speaking my mind. I'm not for it.